When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hello. Here we go. It's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. It's Mick once again, but... It's a different type of show this time. We're going to be doing a stat show, and I think I did one with with this guest last year sometime, but I don't think I've ever actually done another one, so it's it, it's technically episode two with the same person. It's up to <laughs> Mike Reed. Mike, nice one. Hi, Mick. Thanks for having me on. No worries. While. How are you doing? Yeah, no, yeah, not bad at all. Not bad. Much better after Monday, anyway. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, uh, and we, we've just been talking about loads of different stuff before I started recording about yeah. small margins in footy, which we'll get into, but I just thought it would be like a, obviously focusing on Everton mostly, because Liverpool haven't been that good this season, and that's a bit of an yeah. understatement, but Everton was a good performance, a good win, um, what were your feelings, obviously before we get into the statistical side, what were your feelings on um, Everton before and after? before I mean it feels it's almost weird because Everton have a terrible record at Anfield um, and I think we often go into derbies um, pretty confident but obviously with the run of form Liverpool have been on you just you're never sure what to expect are you with this Liverpool team at the minute and then there was the news of Thiago getting injured and I felt like he was just the kind of player Everton wouldn't want to play because you know especially if they were going to be in a low block and with with his passing ability to to deal with that um so it was one of them where we're in such low confidence you can't go we can't go into a game with confidence that we're going to win it nowadays um but then i think we were pretty good from start to finish really um, it was a lot lot better i felt like you see how certain things weren't coming off maybe at the start there was a few alexander arnold crosses maybe that didn't go go the way he wanted or, or things like that but but once they got into it certainly once they got the first goal then then the confidence sort of came back and Feel like there was a weight off the shoulders of the players so ultimately it's been a massive lift because i think if we'd have lost that game um i mean it would have been you can't imagine what twitter would have been like afterwards or you know social media would have been an absolute uproar and you're basically calling for the season to finish but um it's a massive confidence building win more than anything yeah, and we were talking about like fine margin margins in terms of <clears throat> we said we started the game well uh they have a great chance to um, to score. They don't, yeah. thankfully, hit the post. And we were saying before we started recording, like maybe a couple of weeks ago, that hits the post and goes in, and we're we're one nil down again. But yeah. it's the it was the combination of of Darwin Nunes and Mo Salah that created the first goal, and it's how quickly we did it from that potential setback going up the field. Yeah. Darwin Nunes to Salah, 
Nunes again that on the wing plays a lovely ball in and Salah um hits it into a basically empty net because it looks like there were, there were 16 seconds between Tarkovsky hitting the post and us scoring. That's the, that's the speed in it and you can yeah. see Gakpo was up there looking very rapid as well yeah. um, but it was nice to see and um, the stat that you've posted on Opta Joe um, yesterday uh, yeah. was was very interesting because in, in terms of mi- minutes and chances created between duos Mo Salah and Darwin Nunes um, are the best with, with in 52 minutes per um, yeah. chance created which is I mean when you when you think about how Liverpool have been doing um Salah being out of form a little bit Darwin Nunes red cards injuries out of form as well it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty good isn't it yeah totally because I, th- I think obviously Nunes is settling into a new country doesn't know the language and things so it's tricky for him and the team's been struggling and there's been a lot of focus on him obviously with him coming with Haaland there was a lot of focus on the two sort of best teams in the country over the last five years, finally signing recognised number nines for, for the first time in years. So there's a lot of focus on him. That red card was against Palace was terrible. But yeah, so so that stat that you were referring to on Opto is that Nunes and Salah create a chance for one another every 52 minutes on average, which is, like, like you said, it's the best um, average by any pair of players in the league who've played. It's more than 500 minutes this season. Um, so it's like more than like Kulosevsky and Kane, Kane and Son, Hound and De Bruyne. They're creating chances more regularly for each other than any of those pairings. So when you context it like that, they they are building a partnership even so early on. And I think Salah, after the Everton game, he sort of praised Nunes and he, he said how much he, he really enjoys playing with him, um, which I think is important. Um, so I think that's there's been a lot of focus on obviously Liverpool now Obviously, Diaz and Jota have been injured, Firmino as well. They're starting to come back. When all are fit, who plays? Well, I feel like it's got to be Salah, Nunez and one other would be my personal... Because I think those two really are building something together. Um, and they've, they've sort of... If we can get a, that partnership to carry on the way it is and they're going to keep linking up the way they are, that, that'll be our Liverpool score a lot of goals in, in for the rest of the season and future seasons as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it depends on... I suppose who you'd up against and the style you want to play because I think it worked perfectly against Everton because obviously Darwin's on the left, Salah obviously on the right. You had Gakpo who put in a very good performance, got a goal as well, but he was showing the signs that we want him to show in terms of it looks like Klopp wants to play him as a as a nine. I think that's maybe surprised a lot of people. Definitely yeah. surprised me because I thought he was just going to be right another left winger. Um, and that's it. But Klopp's obviously seen something in him where I think we're starting to see the signs of him dropping in, especially after the goal. There was a couple of instances where he just turns their midfield and runs with it and looking really dangerous. And I think, I think that's quite key to how Liverpool play because if someone's in that position, drops in and does really well, Nunes and Salah or whoever's left and right wing can then c- kind of converge centrally a little bit more and, and kind yeah. of go into that space, which is what Liverpool are all about. And we've done that for years yeah. and years on end. So, yeah, I think it's it's nice to see. And like you said, with Jota coming back, Diaz and, and Bobby, and another front three basically coming back very soon. Yeah. Can play in tandem with them or give them a bit more confidence. I think helps to push them as well. I think we, me and Christian mentioned on the on the Everton reaction show, like yeah. it's it's having that ability to, like Gakpo's come into the team, probably wouldn't have played anywhere near as much. But the fact that he's having to play, um, there's pressure on him, but there's also not because there's no one else to kind of go into that space really, apart from 100%. if you want to throw an Oxley Chamberlain in there or just proper yeah. go left field. Um, so it's nice to see these players coming back, and that can that can make this partnership we're talking about with Nunes and Salad even better going forward, can't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because, like you say, it's been really tough for Gakpo. Like his first couple of games, he had Oxlade Chamberlain as his left winger alongside him. I think El Javi Elliott played a couple of games left wing, which really, for being a left footer, that's a very different style for Liverpool. I don't, how, when was the last time Liverpool had a left footed left winger? It's been Mane for years, and it's and Diaz, of course, now. So, yeah, it's it's it. It's been really tough for Gakpo. You could see the weight lift off his shoulders when he scored, his reaction when he scored a goal, especially to come in a derby as well. I think that'll do him the world of good as well because he knows how big a game. I think he gets that, how big a game that was straight away. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is going to be interesting. You mentioned like when he comes sort of short and, and links up play and allow the two wide players. Liverpool sort of with the famous front three, if you like, the Mane, Firmino, Salah, and perfected that for years with Firmino dropping and then Mane and Salah can go run beyond him. And if It worries me to say this because I love Firmino, but it does seem like maybe Gakpo is the long-term Firmino in, in Klopp's eye, which is why he's sort of persisting with Gakpo down the middle and Nunes on the left, which is what it was against Everton. And it worked against Everton. So if, it, if it's going to carry on working, then fine by me. But obviously with Firmino back as well, there's, there's another option down the middle there to... Yeah, exactly. And I think having Bobby back can give Gapo a, a boost, but he can also, I don't know, just have, have those conversations in training where you're on the on the field together. It's like, like you can ask him questions. What would you do in this this type of instance? Where would you run here? Um, yeah. Linking up play because I think I think Carragher made a good point, and it was similar to what we we're saying about Gapo after the game. Like he looks like a more of a nine because he's not got the. I mean, I don't know if it's because he's tall. I think because yeah. taller people don't look as quick, do they? Like you look at like Usain Bolt, like always, just so far ahead of everyone, but never looked. I think when if you're smaller, you look quicker. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, like, I, it is doesn't true. Look, yeah. It doesn't look quick, but he is. Uh, but I don't think he's got like the Mane Diaz type pace where he's gonna. Like I, I always look back to like when we played. Um, Diaz came up against Lamptey for the first time, and he was just leaving him behind. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing, like because Lamptey's mm. that quick. Mm. He hasn't got that pace, but he's got enough pace to kind of do what he was doing really good against Everton, but also then get into the box, like we said with the with the Salah goal. He was just behind Mo in terms of uh, it was a proper sprint from our half, yeah, yeah, both yeah. on level pegging yeah. uh, Pickford's off to get a to get a sausage or a sausage roll or whatever. I don't know where, I don't know where he's off. <clears throat> but, um, that thoroughly, seeing Pickford make that mistake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was one. That was that was part of the joy as well. Like <laughs> yeah. that game. Um, but we were mentioning about like um, the, the like the importance of scoring scoring first and stuff. And yeah. he sent me over a couple of interesting ones, like. Like the the games that we've scored first, um, and the games that we've conceded first. So, yeah. do you want to do you want to just take us take us through those? Yeah. So when Liverpool have scored first this season in, in the Premier League, I get the table I sent you was Premier League going late. They've seven times they've scored first and twelve times conceded first, which is worrying itself that we're conceding first so much more often than scoring first. But Liverpool have won all seven games in the Premier League this season when they've scored first. Whereas when they've conceded first in those other, other 12, it's been two wins out of 12. Uh, so the comebacks were, there was obviously the, the Leicester game and the Newcastle game. We were, we've got the reverse fixture coming up on, on Saturday. Um, so it just sort of highlights that importance of when just when getting off to these bad starts, um, it's just knocking, it's not helping the confidence of the team that's already sort of low and to find themselves 1-0 down and then have to, 
have to try and break down then a, a low block defence who can just counter attack you and counter attack you and, and it's 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 not helping at all. Um and it going back to that scoring first, Liverpool winning every game this season, it's actually nineteen games in a row in the Premier League Liverpool have won when they scored first. That goes all the way back to last January against Chelsea, Stamford Bridge, the two all draw. That was the last time Liverpool didn't win in the Premier League when they scored first. So that just sort of emphasises how good this Liverpool team are. Once, because once once you get that first goal, it's then up to the opposition to come out and and attack us. And I think that suits Liverpool. You look at Nunez and Salah on the break; they're just against Everton. They showed how deadly they are. So if you if 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 you if Liverpool score first and then teams have to open up, it just creates so many opp- more opportunities for Liverpool. Whereas when you concede first, it's the opposite, isn't it? And and yeah, so that there's that kind of. Um, mental side of the game where conceding first just becomes so much more tough to then to then grind out the result. Yeah, because I think it's like it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? Like even when you play Sunday League, it's like, right, lads, don't let's not let's not concede first or concede early. It's like quite a generic phrase, but surely that's something that that they've talked about, like make sure we don't concede first. Because obviously that's what we've been doing a lot. And it's mm-hmm. not it's not like Liverpool, like you said the fact that scoring first and it stretches back to that far 19 games is, is like amazing. 12 times conceding first is as many as Everton this season. And we're, wow. we're talking, Everton are in the bottom three and we're sort of criticising how, how poor they've been. But Liverpool conceded first as often as them and that, that's not good enough. In, and I think Klopp would admit that's not good enough. Yeah. And I, I, what you put that down to? Because... Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's loads of stuff like injuries yeah. and stuff, intensity... Yeah energy yeah it's probably just a bit of everything isn't it but especially yeah. with like when we've now got Gapo like starting to maybe turn the screw and show what he's about the midfield we're going to get on to buy Chetich in a minute yeah um there's a, there's a lot of factors to why we've had this like drop in form I suppose like conceding first doesn't help but it, I suppose it's all the mentality that goes into making sure that doesn't happen isn't it, it it's so because Klopp will I'm certain Klopp will be saying it to the players like we've got to start better and, and they'll be working on why they'll be looking at the way they're starting games but if you actually look at some of the times Liverpool have conceded first how stupid the goals were if you look at the Wolves game where we lost 3-0 the other week it was an own goal from Matip and it's just a ridiculously bad goal to concede if you look at the um, Leicester game where uh, we've got about three opportunities to win the ball at Anfield and, and, and we can't win it back. And then suddenly, Dewsbury holds through on goal. Uh, there's the one against Leeds at Anfield, which is Liverpool's only defeat at Anfield in the Premier League this season, where Gomez wasn't sure where Alisson was and plays that, that straight pass back and, and they've got an open goal then. And it's just, it must be most. And then there's Brentford as well, Canate own goal from a corner. You can just reel off so many of these opening goals that Liverpool have conceded and just think you can't account for Klopp can't be training that in, 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 in the week leading up to the game. That is not what they're talking about in training. It's just a ridiculous moment that you almost can't account for. And but ultimately it's got to stop happening. And and it's on the players to make sure it does stop happening. Just stop making these silly errors and and, and uh, costing costing the team big time in a minute. Yeah, because it's like a, I mean, that you mentioned a couple you mentioned there, like that's just a player, an individual error, but it then feeds into the narrative, like oh, Liverpool are conceding first, and then we're we're, we're not getting our wins, we're not getting, we're not playing well, and I think it just dra- drains the team because there's been times like where we've conceded the first goal. I can't remember. You probably you probably got the start like. 
where we conceded the goal, but it was it was chalked off. I can't remember what game it was, but even that, I think if that happens, it's still another another hammer to the like the the, the mental like sphere. It's like trying to you're trying to build yourself up for a yeah. game, even if you don't concede, and you can see the chance, and they score, and it's and VAR ruler out, ruler out. You're still like, oh, thank fuck, it was it was um, chalked off, but you're still thinking. They're still getting in. They're still creating yeah. these chances. They're still scoring. How can we stop that? Uh, and I think it's like it's, I suppose it's a gradual thing with us maybe getting players back in certain positions where we're more dangerous on the counter. Mm. I think that that'll help us loads as well, won't it? Yeah, I think th- one example that springs straight to mind was there was the nil-nil draw with Everton at Goodison early in the season. I think Connor Cody had a goal disallowed. So that's so that's another one there where. We would have conceded first, and we'd have probably lost that game if it wasn't for, for VAR. So yeah, it's just it's one of them into it at the minute. I think there was there was a Man City one as well, of course, where before I think before Salah scored um, the winning goal, um, Haaland had obviously fouled Allison in the build up to a Man City goal before then. Um, so yeah, there's been a few, um, and it is a, it is totally a confidence thing because it's just a kick in the teeth to the players, especially if. I think Klopp said that they've often looked really good in training, really sharp, and all the drills have gone well. Players are smiling and confident. And then within five minutes, you will nil down in, in the game, no matter how well you've done. It's Liverpool actually conceded more goals in the first five minutes of the Premier League this season than any other team, which, again, is just its so bad. It just shouldn't be... Klopp will, will be tearing his hair out in frustration about why it's happening. Um, and And... and there is no real explanation. It's really hard to give it. If there was an explanation, it would have been sorted by now. And you hope yeah. that maybe now it is. But yeah, and and it's just like it's 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 more frustrating as well though, because when you you're losing games like we have been, if it's mad to say like losing to Brentford and losing to Wolves, and you, then you think right the next game, that first like twenty minute chunk where we're so susceptible to conceding, yeah. let's make sure we don't concede. If we can yeah. see twenty two minutes. Then yeah, let's just—it's fine. It's not fine, but like it's, we've got past the the area where we thought we definitely won't concede. But then you keep it keeps happening. Then you start questioning, like you start questioning extra stuff. And then obviously, if you go into the realms of social media, you see all these like, oh, it's this person, it's them, yeah. it's the off 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 field stuff and whatever else. But enough negativity because Everton, we beat Everton, which was great. We've also yeah. got an, a, a fantastic. Amazing new player um, in Stefan Bacetic, who's came into the team, and pff, I can't believe how good he's done. I think Everton game, I was just actually like, I was, I was laughing at one point at how good he was. Like he yeah. was just bringing the ball down, spraying forty-yard passes. Yeah. I was just like, I said to the lad next to me, I, was like, I can't believe like how good this kid is. He's been, he's been absolutely amazing, hasn't he? Yeah. So I mean, the stat I gave you, um, sort of in the in the lead up to the show, was that he's. Bicetic has started all of Liverpool's last five games and he's the third youngest player in Liverpool's entire history to start five games in a row. And the only two that were younger were Michael Owen, who was obviously an absolute prodigy when he was 17, and Joe Gomez in his really um, early days. So Bicetic, the youngest non-English player, if you like, if you, if you, if you exclude those. So it's amazing. Obviously, he came from in pre-season. And like I said, last season, he was he was a centre-half, wasn't he, for the... <laughs> For the youth teams, and now he's coming. He's played that number six defensive midfield role in place of Fabinho, and against Everton, he played Thiago's position, which is an absolutely mind-blowingly tricky thing to do. Um, I wouldn't say he played it quite the same way as um, 
Tiago. I think there was some I saw some people say on Twitter he was more like Wijnaldum in that role in that he didn't make loads of passes. Actually, Henderson and Fabinho made more passes in the game. But he was safe on the ball. Some like I say, some of his long passing was really, really good. He doesn't mind receiving the ball when he's got a man on because he knows he's got the ability to turn him. The other similarity he's got with Tiago is those low socks and very you, you almost wonder if he's wearing his shin pads or not. I mean, <laughs> but he's 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 got that, and obviously both being Spanish. I think their dads, Tiago's dad and Bicetic's dad, played together at Celta Vigo, yeah. which is amazing, really. Um, but yeah, he's just come in and 18 years old to be playing the way he's playing. He's almost undroppable at the minute, which is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, I was having a pint in the pub. And I was talk- just talking to a few of the lads, and I was like, "He's probably like the first name on the team sheet now." And even that in itself is like, is crazy because I think like when we've, and I think like I've mentioned before, like on shows, like the fact that he's came into the side and we're not performing. He's such a young kid, but he's been like a shining light even in the, those bad games. I think that's a testament to how good he is. And like now that hopefully Everton's a bit of a catalyst. We play well. He was the, the star of it. Hopefully, now that we start playing well, his his energy and his levels can can increase and 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 go on to even even better things. Really, yeah, a bit like we, we were talking about with Gap Poli, how that that goal will really take the weight off his shoulders. I think that by Setic's performance, not that he had any um, any pressure really on him being such a young lad, but to play that well in such a big game for the fans in the Merseyside derby. That will do him the world of good personally as well that he knows. And you saw when Klopp subbed him off, he gave him a big hug when he came off and you could see that he must be just absolutely buzzing with confidence at the minute. And and why keep it going, keep playing him and keep keep giving him these games. Obviously, the Newcastle one, then Real Madrid next week, the two massive games. But for me, he plays both of them. Uh, and that's one hell of a thing to say about an 18-year-old kid at this stage of the season. Yeah, because uh, I think like on the on the last show with Christian, like we were discussing, like he was going to start the derby. Might could he take him out? Because he, he might he wants to go with Fabinho and bring Cater in and go with like more of a I don't know more of an experience. But I was convinced like he's been that good so far in bad games. Like he's he's if you put him into a game like this, he's only going to thrive. Like the fact I, I know like people just like oh you want to make sure you don't like throw him in too early or into games like bigger games, I suppose, but. I just think like he's he's clearly got the know how and the ability to to navigate any situation like Newcastle and Real Madrid. Yeah, he's he's a hundred percent first name on the team sheet again, yeah. and he'll continue to be so. Which, like you said, it's 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 mad in itself that you would even say that. But he's he's earned the chance, hasn't he, to kind of give himself a platform and to sh- kind of show like Fabinho or what he, what he should be doing in there. Yeah. And like you said, he played the Thiago role as well, and it's like it's it's plays the six, plays as plays as an eight. And he's still performing in a in a similar way, and I think it's like the he's not flashy, like you said, he's not like like in in a similar vein to Juan Alden. He's not going to be doing like tricks and stuff like maybe like a Tiago might do a few step overs here and there. Yeah. He'll just keep it nice and simple. And I think we need that simplicity in the midfield and simple but effective. That's what we need in there, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Because I think that that's what where Liverpool have sort of been criticised with with the midfield has been maybe that physicality this season or, or maybe being a bit slow to, to things but he's I wouldn't even say he's that physical a player but that but but it's not necessarily about that um it's as long as you're comfortable on the ball and reliable reliable on the ball I mean Thiago's not that physical a player um but but they can do it because they're so good on the ball and they know they know they can read the game and, and they're, they're quick with the feet 
Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, while Thiago's out as well, I think that position can be by Setic's. Um, certainly while Thiago's unavailable, that left central midfield position, because he, he stylistically, he's got those similarities with either Thiago or Wijnaldum. It's, basically, it's a cross between the two, isn't it? Um, in, in, in terms of Thiago would obviously make a lot more passes in a game and get a lot more involved in the game. Wijnaldum may be a bit safer. And maybe Bicetic is the gap between the two of them, where he's he, he can make a lot of passes, but he will be maybe a bit safer on the ball. Um, so yeah, it, long may it continue because um, he's definitely the first name on the team sheet at the minute, and certainly in the midfield positions. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I just like I've just been thinking, and it's kind of like, and I hate to reference like a, a video game like FIFA, but it's like when you're playing FIFA and you get like a a little unlock thing at the bottom, like you've unlocked something new. And it's like yeah. it's just like you've unlocked a new player. Yeah. But he's not just a, he's not gonna be like a six like we, we think he's gonna be. He can also play another position as well. Yeah. And we're only finding out these things as we see him play and as he grows, because like you said, eighteen years old to kind of be the first, like like you said, non British player to play five in a row in our in our history is it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, Mike, I think we'll leave it there. It's been short and sweet, but loads of loads of good stuff there that we've went through. Um, I mean, definitely get you back on soon if you yeah, want to do like another one. Because I think well, it's you, well, you arranged to have me on like last week, didn't you? Before the Everton game, we're yeah. on that like, just terrible run. So maybe next time we're on a terrible run, maybe maybe that's the the catalyst. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's yeah, it's because me and you were talking about doing a show. Liverpool were like, right, we've got to make sure this is a good one so they can yeah. we can talk about some positive stuff. But I think it's good as well because I think last time we done one, it was more like uh, more generic stuff. But I think it's quite good to drill down into like the specifics of like a game as well and the stuff that's came off the back of that as well, which is 100%. which is interesting yeah. to see. Uh, but yeah, nice one, Mike. Appreciate you appreciate you jumping on. Um, Cheers, try and do another one soon. Uh, nice one, everyone, for listening. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.